listening, like it or fucking not, listening to the <laughs> Cock and Bull podcast. You, it what, is, what is that? What are we doing? I, Spencer, there's a microphone in front outside. of me. There's dust all over my recording equipment. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, let me blow the, blow get the, it all off. Get the foley get off. The off. Whip. Get that spider out of the corner. What's he doing up in get, here? There's just a huge spider crawling. I can't even reach my gang knob. There's so much <laughs> spider goo all over the place. We have not done this in a solid month. I don't but, know how uh, we do it anymore. What's this? What? Which one? Is this the one where I yell about communism? I don't know anymore. No, no, no. This okay. is the one where you yell because I tell you something. Just It's kind of right. Sometimes it's mad scientists. But okay. That was really like the first 10 episodes. That was, yeah, that was definitely our then. first season. Our first season was mad scientist themed. Then we, we got we into had, sad, depressing history. Hold on, are we doing seasons? Because that's a good explanation. That can be our justification. We were on a one-month hiatus between seasons. Yeah. Nobody can hold us accountable no. anymore. We we just changed the way it lists on iTunes and no one can claim it. <laughs> we were prepping. We had to go to the research den to find more weird and strange fuckers for you to hear about. I, I had to go copy-paste more Wikipedia articles. You don't know how tiring it is. <laughs> Those are my episodes, damn it! So, Nathan, yeah. somewhere around 80 years ago... This is, by the way, folks, for those of you just joining us yeah. and who haven't already turned it off after the first 30 <laughs> seconds, this is a comedy and history podcast where it I is. tell my older brother Hi. a true yet unbelievable story featuring shockingly true characters. I think that was. I think I got it right that time. I think it was think close enough. I think it was close enough. You got the shockingly true characters in as a featuring, like the famous person in the show that gets featured at the end for some reason because it's them. I don't Musical know. Musical guest, shockingly <laughs> true stories. Nathan, somewhere around 80 years ago, uh, there was this thing happening. I'm a little uh, concerned by the fact that it, we're, we're starting with somewhere around 80 years ago because that's like, recent enough that we should be able to <laughs> nail it down. Like, like, it's a little thing, though. You know, it, it gets overlooked a lot. Uh, it was called, what was it called? Uh, World War II. Oh, that little ditty. About yeah, Jack and no, Diane I, and Hitler and Stalin. I don't I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast. It has it is, never, ever come up as a topic on the cock and bull. It is, a, it is a deep well that we haven't tapped, Spencer. I'm interested. But basically, remember the Great War? You remember that one? I, I, I'm more familiar with that one. I believe there was a man named Digby in that one. Or was he in they the second green- one? No, he, I was, he was in the second one. God he was damn! In the second one. Yeah, no, we got it wrong already. Well, All they right. greenlit a sequel to the Great War. Oh, oh! Did they call it the Greater War? They actually just called it World War. II. I think they called it "Oh fuck, everything's falling apart. It's over. Oh no." <laughs> I mean, honestly, then that—that's kind of must be what today we we got to rename 2019 then because that was the subtitle yes. for 2019. <laughs> I thought it was just a long series of capital A's. And ah. We're just gonna find out where it ends with the H. <laughs> So it's got a few odd stories. This World War II, it's got a few odd stories. So I figured maybe we'd talk about one of those today. Uh, let me tell you. Sounds like a plan. After a month-long hiatus, Nathan, I promise you it's going to knock your fucking socks off. I'm not wearing any socks, so I'll go put some... Hold on, pause for edit while I go put some socks on to knock them off. Nathan, get socks. I'm going to get wine. Give me... A glug, like, glug, glug. Did you like my Foley work there on my on my walking away? That okay, was so I'm back. Good. I'm, I'm back. proud of you. I'm back. Research is driven by armed conflicts. Ooh, that's a spicy quote that I feel like would come up in a civilization game. <laughs> We're d- yeah, Sean. Uh, pretend Sean Bean said that. Sean Bean what said are- that as soon as you researched like military technology towards the end game. <laughs> 
whether we're coming up with new ways to kill people or new ways to save people, it's all expedited when you've got big stinky Adolf or fat cat Winston knocking at your empire's door. So an example. Uh, blood poisoning, bronchitis, other infections, diseases contracted by soldiers in World War II created a demand for a broad spectrum of antibiotics, which encouraged British scientists to find new ways to produce penicillin on a mass scale. Okay. Penis that, that penicillin comes out of World War II. You know, penicillin comes out of World War II? Did we have, did, who, who did penicillin? Which one was that? I wish you wouldn't ask me so Damn it! All right, I'm sorry, this, I'm sorry. I, I should have known you've it. Made me, I, you've made me look the fool. I thought this might have been a penicillin one and it was going to be like a lead-in for you, but it's not. You, th I'm you so thought I learned how to research between a month. I'm sorry. And I didn't, Nathan. I'm, I'm I didn't. So, I'm so sorry. I'm so ashamed. I feel I feel very bad right now. Now I, everyone remembers that I'm bad at this. Alexander Fleming, 1928, a Scotsman. Which nationality? Scotsman. Okay, okay. All right. They began using it to treat infections in 1942, right as old Adolf was getting rowdy. Columbus sailed the ocean blue. That information, by the way. That information, all that penicillin stuff. Clearly, yeah. I didn't write that because of how confidently I said it. And yeah, how, no, you said that very Reference dicks and balls. Uh, so that's courtesy of IllinoisScience.org because we're a reputable podcast and we cite our sources now. Be because now, Nathan, you, because apparently you can only look up science facts in the state you currently reside in. <laughs> it's it's nepotism at, at its highest degree. Now, Nathan, explain to me the weapons with which World War II was fought. Because I'm forgetting. Was it horses? Did we use horses? Uh, I think we used. I think we used angry, angry cars with guns on them. Uh, yeah. Big, big scary um, planes. Uh, we we definitely we definitely used communism to win it. Uh, I remember that uh -huh. part distinctly when the communism yes. killed Hitler. Um, yes. And then I think we started uh, splitting uh, atoms, and uh, and if I remember correctly from a previous episode of the show, just disintegrating people. Is it muskets? Was it muskets? It wasn't. Oh I don't think muskets were involved. We definitely shot very heavy bullets and gases and things at people um, until they died very badly. Spencer, Swords. why are you making me say all these things? Bombs. I remember it was bombs. Okay. That's right. Wow. It was bombs. Thank you for taking me down that trail of awful. Well, in 1937, Germany was experimenting with new chemicals to propel their brand new V-2 rockets. An, ins an instrumental leap in technology that was being used to blow the fuck out of people. Well, yeah, yeah, um, you, had to, you had to bomb Britain because, as you do. And yeah, that's right. The V-2 rockets were actually used by Nazi Germany, something I didn't actually remember learning about. Um, they were used on England. Uh, yeah. Between, between their actual usage in war and the concentration camp labor that was used to make them. Oh, uh, the, good, the B-2 good, rocket endeavor claimed about 21,000 lives. That's a solid we, number. I believe we did more than that in drone strikes in the past 20 years. Oh, uh, so, easily, easily. So, Don't get it twisted. I think 20 years goes even further back than they even existed. But I was about to say, so, I don't know if we had drones in the early 90s? Who knows? So... People know. I don't know why I said that. So chief among these new fuels, who knows? It's a who mystery. knows? Dick Cheney pokes his head in. Meh, I know. Meh. So chief among these new fuels to power these new rockets was a chemical dubbed hydrazine. Man, Spencer, that sounded so much better this time. Man, I am glad you have improved your vocal cords and, and your audio now sounds crisp and clear for no other reason, May no other reason now than your, your sweet articulation. 
Nathan, it's entirely possible that eight minutes into the recording, we realized I was using the microphone that is in fact 10 feet behind me. That That is that is possible. And you are it's insistent possible. that these first eight minutes will be listenable. So guys, in our triumphant return episode, Spencer forgot how to microphone. And it's it's not at all damning to the fact that I've been applying for audio producing jobs. So Nathan, yeah. Chief among these new fuels to power these new rockets was a chemical Hydrazine. Hydrazine. Hydrazine yeah. degrades degrades rapidly, and in the process of degrading, it produces nitrogen and hydrogen gas. Which makes things that, go poof. Yes, as a result, large amounts of heat and energy are given off, which are perfect if your goals are either to kill people or shoot stuff into space. That's th- Those are both solid options. But... Even these sweet rockets weren't enough to propel Germany to victory. No, instead, they burnt up in the Third Reich's ambitions on re-entry and broke apart in the stratosphere of history. I'm making rocket jokes. Please, wow. somebody laugh. Wow! Holy Please. labored analogy, Batman. Please clap. Like, I'm mad at it, but I, but I respect it. In the aftermath of World War II, the Allies couldn't be bothered with holding all of the Nazis accountable. See, while the soldiers, guards, and Gestapo thugs were hanged in the Nuremberg trials, the nerds in R&D were collected like goddamn Pokemon cards. Or like paperclips, you could say. Operation Paperclip. Mm. Operation Paperclip, you've already, you've ruined the next sentence. If they hadn't already fled to Brazil, if they haven't already fled to Brazil, these Nazi dweebs were actually employed by the U.S. in Operation Paperclip. Yay! A true fact that you can look up in the world, not a conspiracy theory. So the U.S. employed Nazi scientists while helping them dodge punishment for their crimes against humanity. That's just a thing that happened. Yay! But we're the good guys. Real American. Of course, while the, when the, when the Nazis are packing up all their shit, like they're moving off to their first college dorm room, um, their American step parents notice all these literal barrels and barrels full of hydrazine, the volatile rocket fuel that they'd stockpiled during the war. As so you the do. Fuel, Nathan, yeah, the fuel had to go somewhere, though. Uh, it had to serve some purpose. And hey, the U.S. space program is nearing its conception around this time. So when you're scooping up Nazi scientists and we're looking at these the barrels of crazy new rocket fuel. I mean, you're thinking what I'm thinking, right? Uh, space monkeys? That's right, Nathan. They sold the rocket fuel to a pharmaceutical company. Well, fuck. Just what? Just. Yeah. I mean, ev- yeah. No, that jives. That jives, at a, yeah. At a discount, the hydrazine was sold to pharmaceutical companies, and they were instructed to use it to find new compounds and substances based from it. That seems like a very optimistic thing to just tell a person to do. Hey, Mr. Scientist, <laughs> make something out of this. Go! <laughs> it, like, it harkens back to, like, King Arthur. Just, ma- silver, make it gold, please. <laughs> I mean, it was just, here's a thing. Make it another thing. I don't know if we can't do it. Money! <laughs> fucking throwing Benji's at him. I don't understand. Why aren't they making new things? Why don't you Why don't you use it for the thing you intended it for? Fuck that! It's not like we're trying to start a space program, damn it! They want to, like, take rocket fuel and, I don't, I don't know, like, turn it into Dimatap? Mucinex? I, like. I, mean, I mean, realistically, the pharmaceutical companies were 
pitching heroin as a sweet cure for headaches at the time. I I don't doubt that they could find rocket fuel and make it like, I don't know, an energy drink or something like that. Is this the story of Monster? Is this the story of Rockstar, the company right now that you're telling me? Because it feels like it might be. Feed the Beast, our principal buyer in this story is the Hoffman LaRoque Laboratory out of New Jersey. Of course, because uh, everything good happens in Jersey. So it's the 40s, Nathan, soon to be the 50s. What's that's, that an, is how time works on a linear what, scale, yes. What's, what's an American problem that could be solved by experimenting with rocket fuel? In the 40s and 50s? Yeah. Black people? <laughs> and it, an article from PBS alleges that by the dawn of the 19th century, tuberculosis, or the consumption, had killed one in seven of all people that had ever lived. Ah, that sounds like one of those things where it's like, ah, a spider's been in your throat every night. And like, it's just absolutely <laughs> not true, but it sounds good. Also, I thought we were past the consumption. I thought Poe, like, I, I associate the consumption with like Wyatt Earp and Edgar Allan Poe, not like Elvis. I'm a little no, confused as to the, you, the, the high rate of TB we were dealing with. And you would be wrong because it was a problem. Look up the American Vampires episode of The Dollop, folks. It's a fantastic explanation of just how world-wrecking the disease was and also how we had no idea what to do with it. So, I, I mean, uh, I know what to do with it. I sent you to the desert until you died. Only, only by 1882 did someone realize that it wasn't genetically passed down or transmitted by vampires. In 1882, a man named Robert Koch posited that it was actually a highly contagious disease and that decent hygiene could keep it at bay. And ah. even still, we're talking about the mid-1900s. We so, we so what we're saying is we ignored that man for yes. another 30 years. You remember the Ignaz Samoese episode. Everyone heard, ah. wash your hands, and they thought, no, I'm not a poor person. <laughs> You're saying I'm dirty. <laughs> We haven't caged we the TB beast just yet. The we vaccine so is is still on its way. Okay, all right. Well, that's that's that. Hey, Spencer, that's a surprising fact. It's an unbelievable character, if you will. <laughs> it's a shockingly true story. Nathan, what if hydrazine was the cure? What if rocket fuel was the cure for tuberculosis? Well, now I'm glad that we've gotten in. Welcome to my TED talk. Um, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> If you shoot someone with TB into space, does it cure the TB? I don't know. Let's try. It's the 40s. They developed a couple of compounds from the leftover rocket fuel, Iproniazid and Isoniazid. Both Those of them, for starters, killed the TB bacterium in a lab setting. That's fun. That's fun. Then they again, kill people in a lab setting too, because uh, I feel say, like uh, napalm would ki would kill tuberculosis in a lab a setting. A lot of a lot of things kill a lot of things in a lab setting. That's that's things aren't healthy. I mean, but, I'm sure if I shot tuberculosis with a gun in a lab setting, it wouldn't be there anymore. I mean, so, is that an option? The the next step, Nathan, is sticking it in people. Obviously, so they went to a TB ward called Sea View in Staten Island, New I'm York. I'm glad that they skipped animal experimentation. They were so ahead of their time. <laughs> Ethics didn't exist by this point. Where they looked at dying people uh, with no hope in their cold, lifeless eyes and said, "I'm going to put the boom juice in your blood." <laughs> oh my God! It's the fucking it's the goddamn man that vomited into other people to try and cure yellow fever all over that again. episode i wasn't a part of and i hated listening to ah as they, well you should have it's one of my least favorite experiences of my life 
<laughs> they stuck these patients with rocket fuel. Syringe, just put, no, put it in them. I was a, put no, it, in it couldn't be a syringe. You can't be shooting them up with rocket fuel. That stick, can't stick, be your answer. Boom. Put the boom juice in their blood, Nathan. <laughs> M- many Could you of not them- do it with like a a rocket shaped enema or something just for maximum effect? <laughs> Fuck. Many of them blank. Fill in the blank, Nathan. What happened when you stuck them with rocket fuel? <laughs> I'm going with didn't didn't end well. I'm going with shot to the moon. <laughs> many of them leapt to their feet, dancing, laughing, re-energized like an actor fresh from a live TV exorcism. You are y- Spencer. Mm-hmm. I, I, we've been doing this long enough that the line between what is an actual thing and what is us being sarcastic has blurred to just a nothingness to me. You have to be kidding me. You no, cannot be serious they, that putting up that that so so no no shut up no you cannot tell me that if I were to go out to my car and pump in that nitrous oxide fast and the furious style I would be loving life that's not how fuel works no I'm not gonna run on pure diesel that's not how this goes no Nathan I mean hang on they weren't actors. They were really feeling it. They actually leapt to their feet. They danced. They laughed. They were re-energized. They must have died moments later. Feeling it, that is, Nathan, for a brief moment. While the new compounds were sweet jazzercise stimulants, uh, they weren't effective at treating the pulmonary disease nor its symptoms. So basically, we just shot them full of amphetamines. That coughs were just as bad. Uh, lungs were still bloodied, rag kerchiefs were still just splattered with pieces of lung. Doctors said, "Ah, they need more." No, no, no! They're just get. That's the equivalent of being like, "You have cancer. I'm going to give you some cocaine." Are you gonna feel okay for a hot second? Yeah, but it's not doing anything. Doctor, it's not working. Give him more eight balls. Oh my god. They so they mainlined these patients. Stop for months. No, how is this not a, a turbo teen situation? They either turn into human rocket hybrids or they die. There is no other scenario where pumping someone full of rocket fuel for months at a time just ends another way. The injections were killing them. No! You don't proving, say! Proving to be... T- I know it's a shocker, everybody. Please, release the pearls thine have clutched. I, I, I Go down to the quick trip and, and just inject the pump directly into your veins. <laughs> Get the high-octane stuff, though. You don't they, want that dirty, was, dirty low-grade. It was proving to be toxic, and it was causing lasting damage to the liver. They died, of course. I mean, they had TB, and then they were just... It was TB and rocket fuel was the 50-50. I don't have any red blood cells anymore. The depressing part is, is I feel like that is like early stage chemotherapy, where it's just like getting wild with it, like, all right, they're dying of a thing. What if we use this other thing that might also kill them to kill the killer thing? Let's send in the assassin after the assassins. John Wick. I've never seen that movie. Is that how John Wick works? I don't I don't I don't understand pop culture. I don't know either, but I'm afraid to say something bad about Keanu Reeves, otherwise a bunch of internet strangers are gonna bully me. The scientists were still scratching their heads about no. the dancing part. No, why? Wouldn't you be concerned that you put boom juice in them and they danced? 
I would. I mean, maybe, but then the in my is, yes, you would. In my 1940s brain, I would go, well, I gave them rocket fuel and it energizes the rocket, so it must energize them because I'm an idiot and I don't want to wash my fucking hands. But the curiosity led scientists to study how the drug could change their state of mind. And they discovered uh, that these two compounds, give me a minute before you groan, these two compounds were uh, interfering with the body's neurotransmitters called monoamines, serotonin uh, and dopamine. Well, the rocket spe- fuel, spe- just spe- like it boosted missiles into London airspace, was boosting these monoamines, improving the inpatient's mood. Spencer, as someone that has been on antidepressants for my whole life, you are not telling me the root history of SSRIs right now. Like, please tell me that's not what you're doing. This is how antidepressants were invented. I'm fucking so... By sticking rocket fuel in people's veins. I'm past I'm past the rage point. I've 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 seen through it. I'm on the clear side on the other end, guys. We've done it, folks. We broke him again. I don't (laughs) This has been the Cock and Bull Podcast. We stuck people full of rocket fuel and it cured depression. Nah, yeah. Oh goody. Oh I can't wait for next week where the story of Xanax is we just we 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 pumped people uh, full of bullets and it made them less happy. You are I don't know anymore. You've broken me. Next week is weirder, I promise. This has been the Cock and Bull Podcast, a weekly comedy and history podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoy making it. I promise. Also, he did another say, month off. He did say next week is 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 weirder. And guys, that is the most optimistic sentence of the decade. We took a month off and then are like, fuck it, we're back on the train, baby. No misses now. We're, and we're back at full force. I promise. Full force. Next few ones are are real sock knockers. You're not going to have to look. But my socks are gone, by the way. They are disintegrated. They have been shot into space as if with rocket fuel. <laughs> we, we want to thank Drifles Pony Club, who are not dead yet. What? They have teased. Their Facebook page has teased, quote, 2024. All they said. It's a real, real Da Vinci Code mystery. Is it a presidential bid? Is it a new album? <laughs> I don't know. But to celebrate, I've mixed up the theme song, so I want to thank Drifus Pony Club for allowing us to, because they gave us just an, they they sent me a blanket email. They were like, use whatever you want, little man. So <laughs> I want to thank them for allowing us to use uh, Bed Rolls Across America off the album Magnificent. That is, uh, oh, to date, whoa! my favorite, my favorite Drifus Pony Club album. So go ahead and enjoy whoa! Bed Rolls Across America from Magnificent. I've got a new podcast coming up. I promise it's called Blunder Phonics. Stare into the sun. You might get its secret codes. I also have a podcast. It's called Mark's Madness. Uh, in a couple weeks, we're going to be doing a crossover with uh, Brett and Allison from Red Menace and Rev Left Radio fame. Uh, if you don't listen to either of those two podcasts, do it. They're super good and they don't take a month off most of the time. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please catch us next week. Hold us to it. We're going to do it. Bye.